Are you a persuader or are you a manipulator? Welcome to the Coach AJ Lou Show. This podcast is about living life on your terms, going after the things that you desire, and creating a life that's worth living. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope you leave inspired. What's going on? It is Coach AJ Lou, and welcome to this episode of the Coach AJ Lou Show. And in this episode, I'm going to talk about the difference between a persuader and a manipulator and maybe help you identify which side of the the coin you lean on. So let me uh, start by saying every human being on the planet is a persuader in some way, shape or form. All right. Let me explain what I mean. When we're little babies and we're hungry, what do we do? We cry, right? And the reason we cry is so mom will come over, mom or dad, right? But mom, you know, if we're being breastfed, will come over and feed us the milk, right? So we use our tool to yell out, to draw attention to ourselves, and then get someone to take an action. And if you've ever seen a baby that's crying and they're not hungry, they're You know, maybe they just wanted to be picked up. Well, they'll cry and you'll go over and you'll try to feed them and they'll still cry. You'll put the binky in, they'll spit it out, they'll still cry. And they will continue to cry until their want is met, until they get picked up. You put them on the shoulder and then all of a sudden they're silent as ever, right? We've all seen it. Well, that same thing we use throughout the rest of our lives, that same tool to to different extents, right? Um... So, you know, I, if you know me at all, if you know, you know, anything much about me, you know that, you know, in years past, I've been an avid reader and uh, my, my uh, drug of choice, I guess you could say my book selection of choice has a lot to do with marketing sales and really just the psychology of how to get people to take, take action. And I have books across the whole spectrum. So I have like straight up sales books, tested sentences that sell, you know, um, old school Tom Hopkins stuff like, you know, uh, act like a lamb, sell like a lion. You know, I have all those things. But then I have some deep, deep stuff. (laughs) Um, One of my favorite books of all time is a book called The 48 Laws of Power. Um, absolutely must read, you know, uh, probably not the best book in the hands of the wrong people, but, uh, nonetheless, a great book, not, not because you should go out and apply all these things in your life. That's actually the wrong approach. Uh, the reason I love the 48 laws of power is because it shows you what to look out for in other people. And it has become a powerful tool in my life to be able to identify ulterior motives, to be able to see what beyond what people are saying, right? Because there's what they're saying and then there's what they're saying, right? And so all of those things, you know, these books have helped me. 48 Laws of Power is one of those books. And then I have some books that go even beyond that. Like I have books, um, you know, this this there's a book that I have in my room called, uh, what the heck's it? Oh, The Ellipsis Manual. And this book was written by a former uh, CIA trainer who would train, you know, spies and all these 
covert operation specialists who are going out and they're, you know, doing crazy stuff, right? Trying to trying to catch uh, terrorists and, you know, just all kinds of things. And this book goes into, it, it's literally like a, <laughs> a manual for, for controlling other people's minds, I guess you could say. You know, I have books on brainwashing. I have, I just have, I study a lot of stuff and I don't study it to, I'm sure there's a part of myself that's a little crazy, but, but, but that's not why I study it. Um, I study it because it fascinates me. It's fascinated me my whole life. And, you know, I just think it's super interesting. But with all that being said, you know, I have all these books. I've watched God knows how many hours of videos and you know listen to x number of audiobooks and all this stuff right hours and hours and hours and hours 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 podcasts this and that just so much information that it's really trained my brain to look for certain things and i get i i I, i've become really good at being able to read people and being able to understand people and their perspectives and where they're coming from and i can almost sense things prior to the person making it known i've just become very good at um, understanding and i don't want to say reading because i don't want to pretend like people are a book and you just read them but you know at (laughs) predicting human behavior prior to it occurring right so i've become pretty pretty good at that and the reason i talk about all this stuff is because there are two types of people in this world, right? Because we all have to persuade, right? You got to persuade. If you if you have a, you know, husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, you got to pers- you at some point you had to persuade them to get with you. If you have a job, you had to persuade them to hire you. If you have a family, you know, whatever, moms, dads, uncles, cousins, brothers, you had to persuade people at some point in your life to get you to, to to either help you or to allow you or to move out of the way so you could take an action, right? That's just life is persuasion. But that's one type of person. And the other type is the manipulator. And the manipulator is the person that doesn't... Let me explain. Let me, I'm going to get deeper into it. But let me give you an example first, okay? So... Um, when I was a high when when I was in high school, I grew up in Vegas, and you know it's funny because <laughs> I, I I had a customer tell me one time a couple years ago, um, I'm sitting across the desk from her, you know she's you know forty something year old lady, and she's sitting down on her desk, and we're talking, and you know I'm I'm there trying to sell her like some uh, po- boxes and tape and stuff back when I used to be in package packaging sales, and we're talking and. Uh, She's like, where are you from? And I'm like, oh, I'm from Vegas. She's like, born and raised? I'm like, yeah, born and raised. And she looks at me. She said, you're crazy. And I said, what? Like, we were just talking about what, what, what size boxes you need. What do you mean I'm crazy? And she's like, yeah, you're crazy. And I'm like, you can't just say I'm crazy. You got to explain, right? She said, yeah, you're born and raised in Vegas. You're crazy. You just don't know it because you were born and raised in Vegas. And I'm like, <laughs> whatever. But, uh. Her husband was born and raised in Vegas, so I think she just associated him and his friends might be a little crazy, so she associates that to everybody in Vegas. I'm not saying she's lying, no. <laughs> but um, so 
with that being stated, growing up in Vegas, now that I kind of look back in hindsight, um, I did grow up with some crazy mofos. I mean, I had friends that... <laughs> I have friends that did some bad stuff, let me put it that way. Friends that flipped people's cars, friends that uh, broke into people's houses and lived there while the guy's out of town for months. Like, not lived there, but, you know, went there after school every day and hung out there like it was their home, destroyed it on the inside. Um, So I had some crazy friends, but I had one friend in particular who you know, his mission was always to get with girls that had never been with the guy before, right? And so he would, uh, you know, do all these little tactics to get girls to comply. So, you know, one time he's, uh, him and his friend are about to leave a party. And these are all, you know, secondhand stories that, you know, I hear from the guys that, you know, I used to be friends with when I was younger. And, you know, they're at a party and they're leaving and there's these two girls that need a ride home and they basically tell these girls, hey, either do this to us or, you know, find another ride. Now, this is, you know, years ago. This was, you know, I think I don't even know if I had a cell phone back then or if I did. It was like one of those little Nokia, you know, click, you know, where you could still play snake on the phone right but um you know they're like yeah you do this to us some kind of act or you know we're not you ain't gonna ride home with us and so they would get these girls to do this different stuff and so this one friend he got this girl to do something to him one time um and then later like weeks later they're there and you know they're at a different party out in the desert or you know they used to go out to these desert parties and you know do all this stuff and uh they're out this desert she rode with him and then you know he's trying to i guess deflower her is the word you could use and so he he's like hey let's do this right xyz and she's like no no uh you know no (laughs) and so he's like F-U-B, F-U-B word, get the F out of my car. And he walks, he, he uh, gets out, slams his door, and he's like, get the F out, get the F out. And so she gets out of the car, she walks away, and then he just kind of sits there. And what do you know, a few minutes later, she comes back, and in the back of his pickup truck, that's where, you know, she did the deed for the first time, right? And it's it's a crazy story, but... I tell you that story because it really paints the picture of manipulation, right? And so if we kind of evaluate it and break it down, what really was occurring, right? <clears throat> well, the first the first thing is you're using some piece of leverage to control somebody or maybe not control, but to get somebody to take an action, right? So whether the leverage is them you know, uh, not being able to get where they need to go or whether the leverage is them, you know, feeling bad because they like you and they, they, you know, feel like they're going to lose some kind of opportunity if they don't take an action. Right. So that's manipulation, but can't you use the same thing in persuasion? Yes and no. Let me, let me describe what I mean by that. So the other thing you have to look at are the emotions 
that someone's trying to invoke in another person, right? So a lot of times in uh, personal communication, people will use the emotion of guilt to get someone else to take an action. So a perfect example of that is, oh, are you really gonna? Are you really gonna do that to me? Are you really not gonna do this? Are you serious? How, you know, you're a you're a butthole. You're a a hole, right? All these things that people say. All of those things are to invoke an emotion, right? The emotion of guilt. And guilt is such a weak emotion, especially when you're trying to use it on someone else as a way of of getting someone else to take action. But you'll see it. You'll see it so, so much everywhere. I mean, you see parents do it to their kids. Oh, don't you love me? Don't you love your mama? Come come give your mama a kiss. Don't you love me? That's guilt. You're using guilt to get your child to take action. You see it in relationships all the time. Oh, you're just going to leave me here? You're just going to go out and leave me here at home alone? That's guilt. It's such a weak emotion, right? So anytime, I don't care what the situation is, anytime you're using guilt as a way to get someone to take an action, you're a manipulator. Now, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm squeaky clean, like I've never done it. We've all, I think we've all done it. I know I've done it, right? But it's as you learn, as you get awareness of this, like you're listening to this podcast and now you're aware of it. Well, with awareness, now you no longer have the excuse of I didn't know. Now, if you do it, you're making a choice. You're making a decision to do it. Right. So that's the first one. Manipulation. Anytime you're using guilt, you are manipulating. You ain't you ain't persuading. You are manipulating. So now let's look at the the next one. Fear. Fear is used all the time. I don't know what's used more, fear or guilt, but fear is the other emotion that people try to play on in order to get in order to manipulate others. Right. So that's the you know, that's the person that calls the uh, old grandma and says, hey, uh, the IRS is suing you for this much money. Uh, you need to be, make a payment right now. You have, if you don't make the payment in the next hour, we're going to seize all your assets. We're going to do this and this and this, and you know your 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 son's going to lose his job and this and that. Right? Those are those people that use fear. So they're not making you feel guilty. Like they're not calling you up and say, "Hey, the IRS really needs this money. They don't understand why people like you don't just pay your bill. You know, uh, so we need to pay your bill today." Right? They're not trying to play. To like a guilt factor because most people will be like I don't give a crap about <laughs> I don't care what the IRS feels right instead what they do is they use fear they use fear to feed on right and a lot of times what happens especially when uh, we're fearful it, it kicks in the fight or flight response if you don't know what the fight or flight response I, I guess there's a third you know some people you know there is a third version it's fight flight or freeze right but it's basically uh, when we're in a situation where we're scared or our uh, senses are heightened, uh, we ha- have one of three reactions. We either fight, which is, yo, you just pulled up on me. We're about to square. We're about to square up. The next one is flight. Yo, you just pulled up on me. I'm about to get out of here. And the last one is freeze. You just pulled up on me. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to stand here because my body's not <laughs> my body's not responding. Right. So those are the three different 
reactions that people have fight flight and freeze and so knowing that when people use fear as a way to get you to take action basically what happens is your brain kicks into a different mindset a different part of your brain so there's there's uh, three parts to our brain right we have our reptilian brain which is the oldest part of us and all that part cares about is <laughs> is sex and food and sleep right that's the reptilian brain can i can i can i bang this thing can i can i eat it all right cool i'm good right can i you know that's all it really thinks about it's like the the lowest part of ourselves now that's the part that keeps us alive right that part is our survival mechanism that's you know millions of years old and then the next part of our brain is the, what they call the monkey mind right and the monkey mind is the part of our brain that is you know curious and questioning everything and all over the place and jumping from this to that and you know uh, the emotional side of our brain the part of our brain that you know gets upset and gets angry and gets feels this and feels that and that's our monkey mind right and our monkey mind feeds us these different emotions and tries to make you know current states real to us so basically if you think about like have you ever you know been driving and someone cuts you off and you just get super heated and you're pissed off and you want to fight them and then you know someone calls you and you know uh, they're talking to you about something different and that um, you forgot you were even pissed off three minutes ago well that's our monkey mind jumping around emotion 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 jumping around everywhere right and then at the front of our brain we have something called the prefrontal cortex and this is the part of our brain this is our logical brain this is the part of our brain that we think with that we you know when we really need to you know analyze or do deep research or anything like that uh, we, we use our prefrontal cortex to you know make decisions and so knowing that we have the three parts of our brain literally in marketing one of the things that you're taught is to I mean, if you really study the right marketers, is to talk to people's reptilian brain, right? And first, you know, first thing that you got to do is get the attention of the reptilian brain, and then make it know that it's safe, right? You can't, you can't hook up with this thing, and you don't need to fight it. So, okay, you don't, you know, you don't need to fight flight. Uh, you know, you don't have to do any of those things. So, you're chill, right? And then the next thing you do is you talk to the monkey mind, and you play on the emotions and you get people wound up right you get them wound up in an emotion whether it's a positive emotion like you know possibility and hope and faith or whether it's a negative emotion like fear or scarcity or you know something along those lines you get them tied up into this emotion and that's where they buy but then what happens is the front of their brain kicks in and is like oh well how about this? How about that? Does it really make sense? And that's why you close with logic. That's why you close with, hey, this is, you know, this is a no-brainer. You get a 30-day money-back guarantee. You get this, you get that, right? All of those things that are used to, you know, it's called risk reversals and, you know, bonuses and guarantees and all that good stuff. Um, but back to what I was originally talking about <clears throat> is the fact that People use fear because they understand that 
once you're in a state of fear, you're no longer thinking with your prefrontal cortex. You're no longer even thinking with your monkey mind. You're thinking with the lowest, most irrational part of yourself, the part of yourself that, you know, is scared of ghosts, the part of yourself that, you know, um, you wake up and you see a shadow and you think someone's in your room, right? Because you just woke up. That part of yourself is the part of yourself that they get to take action. And that's why people get scammed. That's why people, you know, get manipulated and hustled. But if you're a person that uses those things on people, then you are the manipulator. My friend, my man, my woman, you are the manipulator. And so uh, the thing about it is, uh, you know, we can all live our lives however we want, right? But the, you know, I just believe in, I mean, I don't even, it's not even a belief at this point. It's been proven that, you know, this universe is energy, right? And we, our energy flows and, you know, we do different things and we take different actions and those actions have different ripple effects. And, you know, nothing, I don't think anything is good or bad, right? It just is, you know, so when we go out and manipulate someone and we kind of use that energy to get them to take actions, what happens is that energy is probably going to come back to us, you know, in some way, just the manipulation and, you know, someone else will try to manipulate us or, you know, it's like, you know, when you steal from people, you know, because you didn't earn it, that's, you know, you're probably not going to, you know, see the long-term benefits of what you just did. And it's kind of the same thing with manipulation is, you know, when you manipulate your way to get someone to do something, it really can mess up the future possibilities for you. So I'm not one to judge. I'm not here. I'm not, I, you, you won't ever see me be the person that points a finger at you and says, you know, you're this or you're that because you don't do this or you do that. I, I, my goal is to bring awareness to you. And then what you do with the awareness that you've, you've gained from this is completely up to you, right? You could take it and say, oh, shit, now I know how to manipulate people. I'm in the money, right? But understand, it's, it's energy. It's all energy, right? You put it, you know, you put it out there and that energy, you know, it, it just transfers, right? So transfers from you to someone else and then that energy is going to find its way back to you in some way, right? So with that... Understand if you're a persuader, right, where, you know, hey, you know, persuaders get people to take action that they already want to take by helping them to give themselves permission to take it. Right. So, for example, um, you know, someone that wants to lose weight and they've been wanting to lose weight for a long time and they find that one trainer that doesn't make them feel guilty that isn't like oh you know how are you going to be a piece of this and that da, 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 you know but they find that trainer that inspires them and that help that you know guides them and helps them to move forward and take the actions that they want to take but they just didn't know what it would take to get there right um versus the manipulator that says oh yeah lose 80 pounds in the next three weeks and all you got to do is wipe your butt after you poop you know like <laughs> that's that those are the things that exist out there and I think awareness is the key to know which side of the coin you you lie on. And if you are on the manipulator side, I'm not saying I'm not saying you have to do anything. Just understand that, uh, you know, sometimes sometimes things happen. So with that, I appreciate you listening to this one. You know, the Coach AJ Lou show. 
it's about living life on your terms and it's really just it's it's really just about life you know the different lessons in life that we learn throughout time and uh, just hoping to you know give you give you some knowledge and give you some you know information that you know can serve you in the future and so with that appreciate you listening i can't wait to see you on the next one make sure if you are on whatever platform you're on subscribe go connect with me on instagram at coach aj lou and uh, i'll see you on the next one peace